Reading from the Brihad Bhagavatamrita, Chapter One, uh, Volume One, Chapter One, Text Twenty Four and Twenty Five. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Ekada tirta mordanye, Prayage muni pungava, Maye prata kritasnana, Sri Madhava samipata, Upavishta muda vishta, Manyamana kritartatam, Krishna siddhayato siti. Slagante sma parasparam. Once a group of exalted sages were at Prayag, the best of pilgrimage sites, during the month of Mog. The sages had taken their bath and were happily seated before the deity of Sri Madhava, feeling satisfied as if all their goals in life had been fulfilled. They were praising one another, saying, you are the recipient of Lord Krishna's mercy. <clears throat> Purport, these sages at Prayag were humble devotees of Krishna. Each of them disliked hearing himself praised and was thus trying to divert the praise to someone else. Appreciative of one another's good qualities, <clears throat> they could honestly tell one another, you are the Lord's dear most devotee. When Vaifnas are friendly to one another like this, their community prospers. Om Aganat Timarandasya Gananjana Shalakaya Taksur Unmalatamyena Tazmai Sri Gurave Namaha Sri Chaitanya Mano Bhishnam Stapitam Yena Bhutale Sayam Rupa Kadamaya, <coughs> Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. So greetings from Massachusetts. It's about 25 minutes from the Super Soul Farm. I went last night for the premiere of a uh, <clears throat> film that was made. It was wonderful. I think it was ca called Divine something. But it was about Raghunath in a, in a way. <clears throat> and there was just this nice guy, Tom, that he was just in the neighborhood. And, you know, 
it's amazing how people come to Krishna consciousness. Um, seemed like kind of a simple Italian guy, and his wife was an accountant, and they went on, on Raghunath's tour. So it was called Something Divine. And uh, he said, I'm going to make a film. He never made a film before. <clears throat> he said, I'm going to make a film. So I thought, okay, the guy must have some extra money. Let him make a film. You know, what? what what's the harm? I mean, I'm not, I didn't have any authority like that, but that's what I was thinking. But it was fantastic what he did. He had the narrative of about four or five people on Raghunath's tour, including Parmananda. And what it did is it, it paralleled the <clears throat> Akei Lilita Parmananda with some of the people interviewed. Fabio, this guy from Italy who yeah, has his own story. John Joe Cherini, who has a big carpet store in New York City. I, I wrote an article too about his visit in Vrindavan <clears throat> and some other people. I, I don't remember all of them. And it it was so expertly done, it paralleled the hardcore scene with India. And, and actually, like Raghunath's the same. It's just like a different music. You know, on, on, on the, the hardcore show, he's screaming some lyrics that they're spiritual. <clears throat> and then when you get the scenes in Brindavan and the different place they visit with the Indians kind of dancing wildly, it, it's such, it was such an uncanny, uncanny parallel. And... Uh, in a very subtle way, you, you really got the sense of, <clears throat> you know, the pilgrimage and the transformation of the people. And uh, so that was fun. That was like a, a late night out for me. <clears throat> um, well, let me give you a little overview of this incredible book, Bhagavatam Rihat, great. Bhagavatam Rita, the, the essence, the nectar of the Bhagavatam. <clears throat> Amrita is the nectar. And sometimes it, it, it's compared to the cream, like the best part of something. And it's really what it's meant to be is the best part of the Bhagavatam, <laughs> which is the love of Krishna for the gopis. And it begins... My Monday morning greetings is actually, uh, how can you see the film? I'll find out for you, but you, you'd really love it. <clears throat> but um, it begins, and I wrote my Monday morning greetings about this with Sanat Goswami having this incredible, impossible task to explain, I said, Parama Desha Antim, the end supreme level of transcendence. It's practically, you know, and it, it's so difficult because that level of transcendence is something that Krishna himself can't even fathom. That he has to become him, he has to become his devotee to actually experience it. <clears throat> So naturally what Sanatana Goswami does, and, and this became a very clear theme 
in the verses that humility attracts mercy. Humility attracts mercy and prayer invokes humility. And therefore, before you do any task that has to really describe Krishna, which is really beyond your cognitive capacity to dominate. <laughs> it has to be kind of given. You have to put yourself in a humble, humble state of mind with prayer. And then <clears throat> he concludes the prayers by saying, Chaitanya Deve, that by Chaitanya Deve, by the Lord Chaitanya, or Chaitanya, the Lord in the heart, Chaitanya is also the life force, I will now be able to explain to you this uh, concept and idea and experience um, in a very systematic way, he's going to explain it too. Not jump to the highest thing, but I'm going to be I'm, I'm going to be able to do it by their mercy. It's by mercy we are instruments. Instruments have value, but they need an an agent to use them. So we should look at that way. We have a karmic um, ability, and everyone has from our past life and what we're accrued in this life, a particular nature. And to be purified of that nature, we have to allow ourselves to be used by Krishna. Sarvapati vinir muktam tatparatvena nirmalam rishikena rishikesha sevana bhakta uttamam. We have to, sarvapati vinir muktam. We have to give up the material designation in other words, we have the material designation and the way we give it up is like Arjuna is to use it for Krishna rather than oneself. And by doing that, it changes our chitta. The whole process of Krishna consciousness is changing the chitta. The chitta is not just the mana, it's the manas, the intelligence, the false ego. Right now we have something that's not us and it's impelling us to act antithetical to the soul. So we have to change that. And, and, and that's the process of sadhana bhakti, and that's the process of surrendering to guru. We change that. With the first conception that instead of acting simply by my impulses, I'm going to be acting with my intelligence that is based on Shastra, which shows me how to use the mind according to where I am to put impressions in the consciousness that will change my chitta, my, my total antakarnam inner instrument. It will change it, of course, based on the holy name, which is Cheto Dharpana Marjanam. I will change that. And then when we come to a certain point in our spiritual life, and, and this should be our objective, 
Our objective should be to understand our relationship with Krishna. It doesn't manifest fully in who I am, but at least our relationship with Krishna. First, that we have a relationship with Krishna. Madan Mohan. Madan Mohan, that, that we have to control our lust. And then that just means sex life, but the impulses of the senses. And ultimately, purify that heart of all the impressions and consciousness that says, I am not a devotee of God. I am the enjoyer and controller. And I'm this particular type of enjoyer and controller. So we have to change that. And eventually we come to the point where we have some sense. I, I, what I am is I'm a resident of Vrindavan. And, 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 and who we are. And eventually then starting to hear and aspire to serve Krishna as those people have. And as that does, our, our, our consciousness changes more and more. So it's not an artificial thing, but he's going to give the, the process to actually purify oneself. So he says, well, how does he do it? Well, Chaitanya Deve, by the mercy of the Lord in the heart and Lord Chaitanya, by the mercy of the super soul and the external manifestation of the super soul, which is Guru and the advanced Vaishnavas, the super soul is giving direction, wants to give direction how to change this material conception and how to come back to Krishna. And it manifests as Guru, who represents Shastra, which is giving that message on how to do it. And as his service, Bhagavad Bhakti Shastranam, I am Sarasya Sangraha, I collected the essence of Bhagavad Bhakti Shastra. He's collected the essence. And now he wants to give the essence of Bhagavad Bhakti Shastra through that realization he has. And, you, and again, if you, the historical circumstance is that he's met Lord Chaitanya, became inspired by Lord Chaitanya, was instructed by Lord Chaitanya. And his instruction was to do this, to make this accessible. God's mission to increase the love of him in a very personal way in one of the relationships that you have with him, which is very intimate, spontaneous, and forceful. It's why Krishna came. That's why he comes again as Lord Chaitanya, to give this, this very, very special thing. And now Sanatana Goswami has the mission to, to explain it to us and to guide us. I always quote that famous verse, Anarpita, never before given, Chirim Chirat for a long time. Samarpitam Unatojvala Rasam. The brilliant flavor of devotion, Swabhakti Sriyam, 
of this intimate devotion to 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 myself to myself. So um, so he begins to narrate this story, which is going to exemplify Bhagavad Bhakti Shashtanam Ayam Sarasa Sangraha, the collection of the essence of the Bhakti Shastras. So as we mentioned before, it begins with um, Maharaj's grandson, Janame Jaya. He's just heard the Mahabharat from Jaimini Rishi, his guru. And he's, who's not an ordinary soul, Vyasadeva, four Vedas, the, the main Veda, the Sama Veda that purifies you to this platform of devotion, he, he entrusted to Jaimini Rishi. So he hears this Mahabharat and he's stunned because the Mahabharat by Vasat Payana, the common Mahabharat we heard, the one he hears, it's nothing like this at all. And, and it, it's interesting, the same thing can be experienced in different ways. I just read that example of milk. If each sense was independent, one would see something, one would hear something, one would taste something, one would smell something, one would feel something. It's all the same object from a different perspective. So Shastra is like that according to the audience one is speaking to. And what, what's the intent of your, your audience? According to the intent of your audience, you shape something in a particular way. So somehow or other, the initial Mahabharata is for the common people. And it doesn't present Krishna in the prominent role. It's just like in the Vedas, they're impersonal tendencies because the first concept of spiritual life is, is you have to get rid of the false ego. The conception that I am the body and I'm the controller and I'm the enjoyer. But because envy is so much the, the, the root, it's such a hard thing to give up. We don't even realize how much we are ruled by envy. How much we, we, we find competitors in the world and somehow don't root for them because it compromises our enjoyment and control and especially our sense of superiority. Ichidwesa samutena vanva mohena I am born into this material world overcome with the dualities of desire and hate. So because of that envy, transcendence sometimes has to be presented as impersonal because the personal conception of God is, 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 is the ultimate threat to the conception of false ego and superiority. The impersonal conception is not as much of a threat. So same thing with the Mahabharata, Krishna, it's not impersonal, but it's not presenting Krishna's divinity. And then the second Mahabharata, which is basically looking at the history of the lineage of the kings and the Bharat king and the, in that lineage, 
it, it presents that history, how prominent Krishna actually is in terms of, he, he makes it into the Mahabharata as the Bhagavad Gita, the first Barbara, but this is much more, it's, it's more like the, the Bhagavatam. So, Janamejaya, he says, I've never heard something so relishable. Then he said, Maduram Samapie, and now with something sweet. It's, it's a poetic term. And with something sweet. And he said, just like the Hari Vamsa is Akila, a short synopsis and commentary of his Mahabharata, what is the Akila for this Mahabharata? And then he begins to narrate the story of Maharaj Prickett in the last days of his life. He's just heard the Bhagavatam. The snake bird has not come yet, but he's heard the Bhagavatam. And two things happen. All his desires are fulfilled and all material conceptions are, are, are finished. Samyak praniyate male, completely samyak praniyate male, without any male, any dirt, any conception. He is ready. We know how hard it is sometimes to meditate when we have so many other things that we like, so many other things on our mind. It becomes very difficult to meditate. But now he has the faith, the trust, by the experience of hearing the nectar of the Bhagavatam, which, is, which, which fixed up the intellect and more important than that, satisfied the heart and created these incredible desires and impressions to want Krishna. And knowing that the time has come, this is the time where there should be nothing else on the mind. And he tells that. And then his mother comes. And he consoles her, Matri Batsala, out of affection actually, which is interesting. He gave up everything. He still had affection for his mother. And then his mother, really, because she was such a great devotee, she said, please tell me something. Uh, he, he asked, she asked for, give me a synopsis of the nectar that you just heard. And he said, I can't resist this, even though at the time of death, one should leave everything and just focus their mind and should remain silent. I can't resist this. Because your question was so delightful. And he begins now to narrate the the Brihad Bhagavatamrita, which is the which is the essence of the Bhagavatam. So it begins in a very interesting place. And it begins with sages that are completely satisfied in heart 
exalted sages because they're in the best of pilgrimage sites, Prayag, the Saraswati, the Jamuna, the Ganga, the very best. And it's during the month of Magh. Of, of months, I have the month of Magh, I think it's a Gita or the winter. It, it, it's, and then the sages, they had taken their bath. There's nothing that elevates the consciousness like a like a divya snan, a divine bath. Bathe in that holy river, and the 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 fall. You come out, and the false ego, the water is falling down. Your false ego is in a puddle on the floor. You're so satisfied. When you're satisfied in heart, you don't want to enjoy and control. Because you have something higher than enjoy, enjoyment and control. And that's the soul. And that's the consciousness, the soul, the love, the devotion. And in that thing, they're before the deity. And they're feeling, the, they're, they're looking at the deity and they're feeling the energy of the deity. They're, they're feeling the energy of the deity. And what is that energy? It's Sambandha, it's the connection, it's Krishna's manifest. So in that pure consciousness, they're feeling that, they're looking at the deity, but they're not, they're, not, they're loving the deity and they're feeling the love of Krishna back. And they feel all the goals of our life have now been satisfied. It can't get better than this. And that's, that's our goal. Our goal is to have that feeling in heart relationship with Krishna and just feel like this is, that's the beauty of, of bhakti. The beauty of bhakti is what you want more than anything else you can get. The tragedy of enjoyment and control is you never can get that. Because the, 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 the mechanism of enjoyment and control is an illusion and temporary. And it's always threatened with destruction. And because it doesn't really satisfy the heart, you always want more of it. You never become satisfied. Vodic become... They never become satiated by bhakti. They never get bored of it. They never feel I'm completely, but material enjoyment, I, I've had this. Okay, so what? What's next? More material enjoyment. Private airplane, private island, private this, more this, more this. More. You never become satisfied. You never become satisfied. And even, you know, and, and you can't get that position. And if you somehow become the emperor of the world, you're, it's still duality because you're threatened with non-existence. Because that conception of emperor is not you. It's the combination of matter you've attracted by your own consciousness and previous deeds. So it's not really you. And therefore, it's not satisfying. It doesn't really satisfy you. 
and it's not eternal. What is that? Um, Nasate vidyate bhavo, the bhavo vidyatesa. That which is eternal is permanent. That which is, no, that which is nasate vidyate That nasate. Anyway, that, I get that. But anyway, and then what do they do? They begin praising one another. Of course, in that consciousness, that pure consciousness of seeing God. And you see the sun, you see yourself, you see yourself. And you're the servant of God. It's just like Ram. Ram is the servant of God. He doesn't want to become, if, you know, if liberation means impersonal, that I merge, then I don't want to be liberated. I'm completely satisfied. I'm sitting at the feet of Krishna. I'm sitting at the feet of Guru. I'm completely satisfied. And you're in that consciousness. And then because bhakti is so powerful in the heart and it's a desire, whenever you have a desire, it creates a sense that I lack that. There's a sense that I, I don't have this. So therefore, the, as you get more and more prema, you actually feel you have less and less of it. It's like a hunger. I have less food. So this hunger for God, I want God, I want God, I want Krishna, it creates a humility. But it creates a satisfaction because you have the one thing that's not dependent on your position or power, and that's love. And that's what you value. And that's what you're feeling. You feel loved. You don't feel great. You feel loved and feeling loved you, 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 you feel satisfied. And in that consciousness, in that consciousness, you begin to look through that lens of seeing everyone serving Krishna. Even the grass, you see the grass as... as epitome of humility the tree is the epitome of tolerance the grass is teaching humility the tree is teaching tolerance. you start seeing everyone as guru and want to speak there with other great vaishnavas and and and, and the nature of bhav is it, it has to be expressed it can't you can't like sit in a, an ecstatic kirtan with your eyes closed and, and like a, a yogi you have to dance. Emotion has to be expressed. And the best way to express emotion of love is praise and glorification. So automatically, they start praising other devotees. But when you're like this and feeling this, and someone's saying, you're great, you're great, you're great, you're great, you don't want that. Because it's antithetical to the bob of humility, love, and mercy you're feeling. So it goes like this. And they're, they're, they're glorifying each other. And Narada Muni happens to be one of those sages. And they're glorifying each other in this very high 
pure Vaishnav community that's mat chitta, matkata, prana, bodhiantas, parasparam. The same word, enlightening and exchanging with others. And we talk much about community, how we have that sense of unification without using your, losing your identity. You can transcend this, the, sense, the limited concept of I. The limited concept of I. That I am the center. I am the controller. I am the enjoyer. And you start to feel like a commonality and, and, and a confidence. And that commonality and confidence, it begins to melt the protective false ego that I want to enjoy, I want to control. And as that becomes removed from the consciousness, then you're, you're able to experience the energy of God and the deity, the energy of God and the holy name, the energy of God and other devotees, the energy of God in prasadam, the energy of God in the Shastra. More and more and more. So this is what's happening. And then... Narada sees something and Marge Prickett's going to explain that. Matas, Tadanim, Tatraiva, Vipra, Varya, Samagata, the Shashmeda, the Shashvam, May, Decay, Tirte, Bhagavad. Bhakti Tatpara. Dear mother, at that time, a first class Brahmin, this is at Kumbha Mela, arrived at the holy saint called Dashvameda Tirtha. He was Tatpara, fully fixed, absorbed in devotional service to the Supreme Lord. So Narada Muni then observed this devotee. Sevato Shesha Sampadis Tatishasyadikaravan Prita Parijanai Vipra Bajanart Bojanartam Kutodyama. Actually endowed with all assets. He was the spiritual leader of that region. His retinue surrounded him as he prepared to distribute food to the local Brahmins. So he was the Acharya. He was the leader, Adhikara Van, Tadeshasya, of that region. He, he, Van, he possessed Adhikar. He possessed spiritual authority. And he's surrounded by his subordinates. But even though he's surrounded by his subordinates, he's not the leader to control and enjoy, but as a service, he takes that position. He never deviates. Not that I'm guru, but as a service to my guru. But as a service to my guru, Um, as a service to my guru, 
I will take a position of authority to represent him to help others like a parent a parent it's not like I, i'm i'm the parent to control and enjoy no i'm the parent to have progeny and to serve god by training them in god consciousness so he has that mood and he prepares to distribute food to give charity he, although it says he has sevita ashesha sampadi he has all sampa sampa means wealth assets but what is he doing He's served by assets, and with those assets, he's serving the Brahmins. Namo Brahmanya Devaya Go Brahmana Hitaya Cha Jagatitaya Krishnaya. He's serving the Brahmins, he's serving the cows. Because in that type of culture, the Kshatriya's own land. They may exact taxes. The Vaishas are productive. The Vaishas, it's a 10% principle. 10% principle that in any field, there's generally about 10% people that have talent. So there's people who are talented in making money. And generally the, the Vaisha class will produce 90% of the wealth. And they have great responsibility to give charity. And they give charity to the Brahmins and they make sure that the working class have all their needs that are met. Or the king extracts taxes and does that. So this was the system. And it was very carefully designed so that the working class never becomes dissatisfied. Because if the work because by guna and karma, people who are vicious, they'll have an emotional attachment to money. And that drives them. That's their mode. They can be purified by karma yoga. Then you give the results to Krishna. And then you start to see things as Krishna. But in that purificatory modes of nature, the Vaishas have this emotional attachment to money and therefore they see how to make it. If you ever met a real Vaisha, he can go any place and see money. I remember I had one God brother. He was, he was expert expert he saw money everywhere and he was running a temple in calcutta and then they got donated this big huge house and people suggested so many things and he turned it into a wedding hall and made so much money for krishna he's making so much money that in mayapur they ask him why don't you pay for the samadhi a Prabhupada Samadhi, because they couldn't figure out how financially do it. He said, no, 
don't pay for it. I'll take care of the whole thing. And then he went into that samadhi and he charged one rupee for Ganga Darshan and started selling Prashad. And it became a gold mine. And they wanted it back. The point is, without making any judgment, they know how to make money. They know how to create wealth. But it was controlled by the king. Because no one could go hungry. Everyone had to have their needs met. And the Brahmins were detached. But they would live on charity. And, and sometimes out of a reciprocation, the Vaishas would, would give donations. So this, this Brahmin, he had Sevata, Sevata Ashesha, somebody, he had all assets. He had all assets. But what is he doing? He's also giving charity. Vichitro Krishna Vastuni Sanishpadya Mahamana Avashyakam Samapyadao Samskritya Mahitim Stalim. Having collected all sorts of valuable items for the worship of the Lord. The generous Brahmin then saw to the preliminaries first by purifying a large area on the ground. So environment has a, a, a tremendous effect on consciousness. And when you worship the Lord, you have this body and this, this body has an ahankara, a particular identity and the intelligence of that body has been, been geared and trained by karma to serve that body. And what it does, it uses the mind to take in impressions and identify them as good or bad based on the body. And that's what we're suffering from. So before you worship, you have to make a conscious effort. It's called Bhuta Shuddhi. Buddha, the body, Shudi, to purify it and somehow embrace some kind of spiritual conception. So it's hard just to go into worship. There should be an asana, there should be akshman, there should be preparation, there should be, even in japa, there should be some prayer, some intention. I think one of the most important things in japa is having a prayer. Just like when you get second initiation, you get the Gopal mantra. And basically it said one should chant that with a conception of Krishna and a desire to awaken your relationship with Krishna. This is called mantra upasana. You meditate on a mantra. And then it said, who, people who can have a picture of Krishna in their mind and meditate on Krishna, they become successful on that. It describes sometimes there's a flowing river, and on the side of the river, there's water that's not, it, it's, it, you know, that you can enter without being washed away. So you can enter into that water. But gradually, you'll start to feel the flow. So it's said like that, that people who can meditate on an image of Krishna, there's different verses like, 
Vaharpi dam natavaravapu karnio karni karyam bibrad vishad kanika kapisam. The image and picture of Krishna, then as you become purified in heart, it begins to move. That's called swadasiki. Then the meditation becomes more like a movie. But first you have to have, and, and what is our Buddha Shuddhi? Before worship, we should worship Guru. And, and, and develop that identity. I'm the servant of Guru and Krishna. Or Nahamvi Prachanara Patir Vaishnava Nasuja. I'm not this, I'm not that, I'm not this, I'm not that. Gopi Bharta Patakamalar Dasa Dasa Anudasa. I'm the servant of the servant of the servant of the gopis. But anyway, he's preparing the ground. He's creating the atmosphere because the main thing is the consciousness and environment has such an effect on consciousness that he's preparing the ground. And Narada is watching this. Savaram chatvaram tatra madhye nirmaya sundaram upalipya swahastena vitanan yudhataneya. There he swiftly built a handsome altar which he smeared with mud with his own hands and covered with a canopy. So you can see him, he's making the altar. And the first class deity worship, one even grows his own food and, and, and the, he gets all the way down to the basics. He grows own food and then harvests that. I love when I'm out in Govardhan and uh, Bhaktivigyango Swami has a disciple who's building this incredible project there. I can't even, I was one of the first people when they, when they did the ceremony for the land and we planted 6,000 trees. And it's on part of land, the 6,000 trees create this forest. And this is wonderful lady devotee named Anupayani who, for her guru, went to school and learned landscape design and then got a degree in that and then went to Brudge and studied all the plants. So she has this thick forest growing. And I say, why is it so close together? And she describes, that's how a forest grows. There's a competition competition between them and some of them die off and some of them become strong so there's this deep thick forest and within that forest there's six mud kutirs beautiful though representing the six goswamis and each kutir has the flowers that are the color of this, the, this oh, that represent that six Goswami. I think Ruba Goswami is red and this one is white. And so they have the different flowers. And then that encircles Radha and Shamakund, which is fed by a natural water of the property that slopes down. Then they have a, a beautiful, really first class, 70 room guest house and they're building a temple. The idea is those will be the classrooms for training in Krishna consciousness. But as it's six acres, they have about an acre and a half of land and they, they grow organic food. 
and I'm, I have some relationship with them. And uh, they bring me the vegetables. It's a whole different level when you could worship that level of purity. For the pleasure of Krishna. So. And, and the thing about this Brahmin, these, this opulence can become so distracting because you become connected to it in relationship to the false ego. We have that tendency. But he, he, he was fully surrendered and everything he had was only used for Krishna's service And he, he satisfied the Lord and everyone else. Salagram Shila Rupam Krishnam Swanar Sene Subhe Nirvesha Bhoktya Sampuja Yatavidi Buddha Next, he placed Lord Krishna's form as a Shalagram Shila on an auspicious golden throne. So he kind of met and he took out a golden throne purified the land, and worshipped the Lord with great devotion. Joyfully, he performed the prescribed rituals. So he was nirvesha, seated, bhaktya with devotion, and in sampuja, yatavidi, followed the rules, but mudhabrita. Wow. Thank you, Jamunajaya. I'm just so absorbed today. I didn't even realize how much time had gone by. Um, anyway, this is beautiful, and we'll continue this story. Jamuna Jai, did we get, get you before you go? You have to start your yoga class. I guess she's gone already. Okay. Uh, Gail, you have any question? Hi, Krishna Mahars. Um, I think I'm good. I still, you know, just confirming once again. Wait, wait, again. start again. I, I lost you again. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm pretty good today. It's just, I just want to confirm that you said last time that um, this essence of the Bhagavatam, Bhagavatam Rita, yeah. is yeah. synonymous with the devotional Mahabharat that Janamai Jaya heard from Jaya. Yeah, that's what's said, yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay, yes. Still trying to keep that straight. But <laughs> because, that, you know, yeah. I, think what's, I think what's throwing me off is, you know, the, the difference in the titles of the books, you know, that is Mahabharat, but it's called Bhagavatam Rita. Well, no, it's the Mahabharat, and then he wanted the essence of the Mahabharat. In other words, uh -huh. it was the Mahabharat uh -huh. which was more relishable. Then he wanted Maduram Samapiate. He wanted the sweetness of that. And 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 the that's the Briya Bhagavatam Rita is the Kila. So it's not that the Mahabharat was the Bhagavatam, but it was more akin to it with 
It was more akin to that. So, um, and then he wanted, there was a synopsis of it. And the synopsis of that Mahabharat was the Briyad Bhagavatamrita. And the Briyad Bhagavatamrita was Bhakti, uh, but what is it? Was Bhakti, Bhagavad Bhakti Shastranam Ayam Sarasasangraha. It was the collection of the essence of Bhagavad Bhakti. And even in the Bhagavatam, you know, it, he wants to really explain the love of the gopis. The purpose of the Bhagavatam is to purify your heart so that you can hear Krishna's pastimes and develop a strong desire to develop that love. And therefore hear about that. And when you hear about that, aspire for that in such a way that it changes your whole internal body. So that no longer are you from New York, no longer you have this ethnicity, no longer you identify with this or whatever it is, or gender or whatever. You don't identify with those things. You begin to completely, and then at the level of prema, you actually get that spiritual body. Because there's there's Vastu City and there's Vastu City and there's um, I've got two perfections, but one is Vastu. It's actually the substance, and another city is the mental conception of it. City means perfection. Okay, Gail. Yeah. So um, Uttara heard Bhagavatam from from her son Prichit. She heard the right. Bhagavatamrita. That's what she heard. But but so did Janamejaya, no? Yes. But they they heard it at different times, or they heard it at different times. And you have to understand that when they say Briyad Bhagavatamrita, it's just like the Bhagavatam. You give a Bhagavatam class, it's you may you may use contemporary examples that are not in the Bhagavatam, but it's still the Bhagavatam. The Bhagavatam is that message and, and it can yeah. be reshaped. It was in four verses yes. and then it was expanded to 18,000 verses. So it, it, it's not exactly has to be literal the same thing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Anybody else like to say hello, ask a question, a reflection? You just hear Maharaj. Great to see you. Pardon me? Great to see you. Nice to see you and here. Um, two quick things um, may take longer for you to comment on, but one of them is what you just said about Bhagavatam. I was reading, and you could clarify, there was a, a quote, something from Srila Prabhupada that basically broadened that even more, that all spiritual knowledge is Bhagavatam. Well, not, not, well. All knowledge that's leading us towards the divine. Well, uh, well there's Veda. Pra what Prabhupada said is Veda means knowledge. Mm -hmm. So it's not like there's a Hindu knowledge or a Vaishnav knowledge. There's knowledge. And it's reflected in many, many traditions. But not all the knowledge is the direct glorification of Krishna. There's Ayurveda. Mm -hmm. How do you keep the body fit in society, which can be right, used right, right. in service? There's Dunar Veda, 
how you can keep, mil- you know, the, how you fight. <laughs> you know, there's so many yeah. things. But the Bhagavad Gita. Prabhupada was talking, speaking about the spiritual purport of that word uh, in that reference. I mean, I'd have to look it up. It was it was a quote from either a letter or or something that really broadened it. Um, I, you know, I I think when you get letters and things, you have to see the context and and. But in terms of the tattva, what the Bhagavatam is is when when the Vedas, which is knowledge, when it wasn't expressed directly about Krishna that was Vyasadeva's dissatisfaction Hmm. so it it wasn't so when you have the sufficient glorification of Krishna that's the Bhagavatam and the whole Vedas is meant for that of all the Vedas I am to be known yeah no, I, and I understand. I'll, I'll look it up maybe and send it to you if I can. Okay, find that's it. great. Yeah, because it was an interesting thing. The second thing is, it's just a, a a reflection I've been having lately on the sense of touch, because you were speaking about peeling off layers, including the ego, and you know, yeah, uh, being so helpful. And the sense of touch we don't think about, at least I hadn't so much, but it it connects us to the physical world in such a inconceivable way. And, you know, we think of the sense of smell and the sense of taste and visual and how to engage those in Krishna's service and the service to Guru and Krishna. But often um, the sense of touch and how not to get lured into the bodily concept too much, you know, uh, maybe you could comment on that and I'll, be quiet. <laughs> no, that's no, nice. Um, well, Anamoya is the first conception and our first relationship with the world as, as dependence, we become dependent on food. So that's also touching something. Taste is also touching something. Um, yeah, it's um, when you ha- have to become liberated the indirect yogic way you have to go through all the different layers of the universe earth water fire air ether i'm not sure which one is earth is fragrance fire is sight um yeah air air means touch air has the quality you can feel ether you can only hear and earth, water, fire, you you add the add the element of, of, of sight. Uh, water, you add the element of taste to all those. And earth is complete. Earth is the grossest manifestation. And it also has all five of the elements. But yeah, of course, it gets more and more subtle. And that's subtle, but that's a connection with the world. You know, the feeling, the touch, yeah. Okay, I'll think more about it. But it's great to see you. We'll speak on, I think it's Monday. Look, Looking forward to speaking to you. Okay, Harry Bo. Anybody else like to say hello today? Hi, Krishna Maharaj. Please accept my humble obeisances. This is Anupam Das. Oh, great, Anupam. Thanks. I was wondering who those beautiful Gorni Thai deities are. 
Thank yeah. you, Anubam. Any reflections? I had a couple, yeah, that it was a really nice class. It's nice to hear the essence of the essence of the essence, you know, and um, got right to the point. I We have a home program on Friday, and um, this past week, one of the people who attends, like, for the past couple of years, she said um, she was starting to feel like the Bhagavad Gita was redundant, that, you know, for because, you know, we've been doing it for about three years now, and... Um, and we're still on the fourth chapter because we do about a verse a week. And she was starting to feel like, oh, it's redundant. And um, and I told her, well, you know, you, you do in some ways perhaps have a point there in the sense that, um, you know, the Bhagavad Gita isn't necessarily um, geared towards people who already understand the essence. It's meant to kind of bring people to that point of realization that actually, despite all the karma yoga, the gani yoga, all the options you have, the real thing is is bhakti. And so, if you're still stuck in the fourth chapter after a few years and you already know the the key to it, then it could feel a little bit, um, you know, redundant, I suppose. But so I was just reflecting that it's so nice to um, to hear this. The um, to hear something get straight to the point like that and you know obviously for somebody who is advanced they see the essence being spoken of throughout the Gita and throughout whatever Krishna teaches or his pure devotees but um, but in any case my my biggest reflection was the point you made about how um, <clears throat> mercy comes from humility and humility comes from prayer and it's just nice to have that um, step-by-step um, guide towards making advancement because I had just written down this point in the CC last week where Prabhupada made this this point in the purport that um, that actually the only way to become completely free from um, material desires to become pure is through mercy and so you know we may be doing so many spiritual practices but if we're not doing them in the right mood with the right humility then ultimately we'll become stagnant in our advancement and um, so I was just thinking how important this is, this idea of, of the mood and the humility. And um, I've been having a talk with my friend, uh, Bhakta Evan, who I think you met in Govardhan at one point. You also and, came to our program in New Jersey, actually, with Jai Jagannath. But yeah, I know. Him. Right. So yeah, he's very big into prayer, him and, and Jai Jagannath, too. Or they're, that's kind of their fixation right now is prayer. And um, I felt a reconnection with it as of late, too. And after a few years of really not putting so much thought into it. Um, but if you could expand more about, you know, prayer and um, how to pray and yeah, just a so, little bit. Yeah. I guess that's a long thing, but um, I got the inspiration from the first verses of the Brihad Bhagavatamrita, where in one of the purports, it says this was such, the third verse. It says this was so high. How can he possibly explain it? And then the third verse was praying to Lord Chaitanya and explained that by prayer, it explains that by prayer comes mercy. So I think this is part of the preparation for devotion. Everything has to be begun with prayer. Another person who's really deeply into prayer, do you know Akinshana Krishna? Yeah, I remember meeting him in, at your Puri retreat. Yeah, he studied this thing called a passage meditation. It was before he was a devotee. And it was by some kind of Brahminical person, but it was, I don't think he had the ultimate conception of personalism, but his, his 
his conception of prayer was very, very deep. You know, prayer embodies. Um, I can I just see I left this out of my Monday morning greetings. It's another realization, but what prayer does, it embodies um, the consciousness of the person who offers the prayer. So if you do a prayer in a humble way, it's just the nature of poetics that that mood would come to you. So uh, there's many reasons, but if you get my Monday morning greetings, I gave the other four reasons, but this is the reason I, I left out. I forgot. And in terms of her being, I, I like that you, you acknowledged, you know, and then you should consider when you do one verse <laughs> over four years, you know, it, it, it does, it, it is, it is repeating. And the reason it's repeating is because Arjuna didn't understand the point. And therefore, the, the dialectic between the teacher and the student is when the student asks questions, the teacher sees what in the student's uh, understanding is lacking. Because the teacher spoke the truth, Krishna spoke the truth, but Arjuna didn't hear the truth, so he raised his doubts. And it had to go back and forth until finally, I think the fifth or sixth chapter, he understands. And when I was taking the course with Burijan, in the second chapter, it was very, very complex. And someone said, I don't understand, I don't understand. And Burijan's answer was, that's okay, Arjuna hasn't understood yet either. <laughs> so it takes some time to uh, understand those points. But maybe reflect, maybe, you know, you should, I don't know how to do it. You know, because it'd be nice to get like the Bhagavatam, the first canto. Okay, Anupam, thanks for your, your reflection. I appreciate it a lot. Okay. Anybody else like to say hello? Hare Krishna Gumaraj, Jota Gopinath here. And Kishore Radha. Okay, see you guys soon somewhere. All righty. Anybody else? Hare Krishna Maharaj, thank you so much for the class. This is Krishnamrita. Among other things, I uh, liked very much your explanation that when we are satisfied in our heart, we don't need uh, any more to enjoy and control. And it's so important. Thank you. Thank you, Krishnamrita. Hare well. Anybody else say hello? Hey, Krishna Gurudev, Yavad Sundari here. Thank you very much for the class. Yavad Sundari, Haribo. Great. I get, yeah, Sudeshri told me that the reception in your country now is really poor. She couldn't even talk to her daughter for a month. But anyway, yes. anybody yes, else? But we are lucky we can still join to your class, Maharaj. Okay. Anybody else? Hare Krishna Maharaj, thank you for class. Isabel, Hare Krishna, good to see you. Hare Krishna. Okay, Hare Krishna. Anybody else? Hare Krishna, Guru Maharaj, Narmasaki here. Okay. Thank Hare... you for the class. Hare Krishna. Nice to hear from you. Anybody else? Thank you. Hare Krishna, Samantha. First Samantha. time. Well, Hi. Welcome for joining our Sangha. Thank you for having me. It's wonderful. Okay. Great. You'll enjoy this because you're a professor of classics. 
And this is the ultimate classic in Krishna consciousness. It's, I remember there's this one lady who was a professor. And when she read this, the story and how the philosophy was presented, it, it gets exciting. Well, thank you. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Anybody else? Hey, Krishna Garaj, it's Lagavinda. Thank you for class. You guys really want to see that um, that film, huh? It's great. Yeah, sounds great. I finally understood hardcore. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I mean, when they compared it, when the scenes go from the hardcore to these Raghunath ch chant, it's the same Raghunath. Yeah. It's the same passion chanting Hare Krishna with wild Indians. I thought, wait, this is exactly the same thing. Well, then, then you have like Sadhu Sangha when you have Chutmarama, you know, stage diving during the Kirtan or something like that. Uh, well, that, it was just that the idea that they were trying to give a message in the language that these crazy kids understood. Mm. You know, so it was the same concept. I'm trying to enlighten people. <laughs> but when I saw the crazy Indians dancing with Raghunath, <laughs> you know, and then they, they they go off to him on stage with Parmananda. You know, I just thought it, it's so similar. <laughs> okay, anybody right. else? Well. Nina, nice to see you. When, when are you coming to India? I hope so. You're not some... Okay, you're not sure yet. Tickets are so expensive from Russia now. We get used to this. <laughs> okay, okay. Are oh, you in your office? No, I'm in the temple. Okay, Haribo. Nice, thank you for coming on. Okay, anybody else? Say hello. Oh. Great, great. I'm uh, so happy. You, you can't always hear it live, right? Because of uh, your work, right? Yes, true. Okay. So I'm very I happy like, when I, I look at the names and I saw your name there. I was happy to see your name there. Okay. <laughs> yes, I'm happy to be on live. Okay, Haribo. Anybody else? Hare Krishna, Gurudev. Hare Krishna. Amala. Hare Krishna. What happened? Thank you you wrote. Pray for us, there's war. But now Yes, yes, yes. Now it's quiet. Yeah, so quiet. <laughs> okay. Thank you, thank you for the thank you. Well. Anybody else? Okay. We'll uh thank you all. Meet you again Wednesday and Sunday. I always go back, so if you can't make both things, I kind of put it in context. Okay, Vanchakalpa Turubyas Dr. Basindu Vida.